Hey, this is Nathan Hirsch. I am pumped to be here on the Cultures Matter podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Culture Matters Podcast, episode 99. My name is Chris Smith, and a very warm welcome to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed, you should actually do so right now because this is the very best moment to do that. Today, we have Nathan Hirsch. Nathan Hirsch is an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e commerce. He is the co founder and CEO of FreeUp.com with Triple E a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, and much more. He has sold over 30 million online and regularly appears on leading business podcasts around the world. And this time, he's on this podcast, the Culture Matters Podcast. We talk about the hiring process and how to deal with virtual assistants pretty much from around the world. Let's get right to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good as well. Thanks for that. Um, doing great. Uh, um, wondering where you are. We talked pre-recording a little bit about the uh, the picture that is right above your head. For those of you who are uh, watching the the YouTube channel, you can you can see what's right above him. Of course, that's not the important thing. What's far more important is that we get to know you a little bit better. So, do us a favor. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are currently um, in the in the world, and what would you consider your how do you say your cultural frame of reference? You get about 10 minutes for this answer. Yeah, sure. So I live in Orlando, Florida. Um, my parents, I grew up, my parents were both teachers. My dad is uh, Jewish. He's from Germany. My mom's Italian, um, both, both immigrants that came over here and they are huge travelers. Uh, they, if you know a little bit about being a teacher, you have a lot of summer breaks, winter breaks. I spent every break traveling around the world from Europe to Costa Rica to I mean Canada I was just in the Philippines so I'm a big traveler love diversifying myself love surrounding myself with people with different backgrounds um, not only talents and skill wise but people that come with a different frame of mind okay so what is what is your particular interest in traveling what is it what does it do for you how does it enrich you or is it just getting away from the heat in Florida well, I own two remote companies, so I can be anywhere. So I try to take advantage of that as much as I possibly can. And it, it's all about meeting new people and, and, of course, trying new food. My girlfriend and I are huge food guys, who, who <laughs> huge foodies. And we love just trying different culture. I was just – what did I try in the Philippines? Uh, quail eggs, uh, lots of different kinds of meats. There, there's so much to explore if you go in with an open mind. And I just love meeting new people and trying new things. Yeah, that's true. I very much agree. Is that is that something um talking about street food? Um if you're there for a couple of days only, you know, or maybe even just a week, even if it's a two week holiday, be it a long stretch, do you dare to eat the street food? Is that something you 
I'm always apprehensive. I do. My parents always taught me to stay away from the tourist parts. I mean, even in Orlando where I live, I'm pretty far away from Disney. So <laughs> I, I stay away from chain restaurants. I'm always trying to get that home-cooked meal that uh-huh. to really immerse myself in the culture. So I'll eat the street food. I'm always trying to go to local vendors, local hidden spots, hidden gems. Okay. Um, I, I, okay. That makes uh, that makes sense. The thing is, um, I've been to India several times, and I always end up with a uh, what they so-called deli belly. It's you know you you eat and whatever you try to eat or whatever you drink, you have to be so careful. You know, you you order this coke, and before you know it, there's an ice cube in there, and then it's like oh god, and then you forgot, and the first sip, and you're gone. Uh, or at least after a couple of days, at least that's my experience. The um, only time I, I've gotten sick was in Putacana. I went with a group of people and everyone got sick from the food and I made it till the last day and then I got sick. Okay. All right. So you, you got a strong complexion then. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Orlando, Florida, uh, German uh, and Italian parents. So are you, that makes you a, a first generation, right? First generation American. That's- uh, second. Well, they're, they're American. Oh yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how much, how much of that culture like spillover do you still have or feel or experience? I would say not as much as probably they had with their parents. I mean, my parents, the food is there. Um, we're eating lots of great Italian food, uh, lots of German and Jewish food. Um, but outside of that, I mean, one side, my grandparents died at a very young age, so I never really got to experience that. And I think the other side, the Italian, very similar to my girlfriend who's Vietnamese and she has Vietnamese parents, they were so focused when they came over here about blending in and and becoming American and and almost leaving a lot of that behind that I feel like I missed out on on really understanding and and getting that background because it was so focused on on just being American. Right. Okay. So, and that means, or that's an assumption, you don't speak any German and you don't speak any Italian. Correct. I was always bad at foreign language. That was always my worst subject when I tried to learn French in school and none of that carried over. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, in your introduction, you, you tell us that you're a serial entrepreneur um, and you run like two remote companies. Tell us a little bit about what they do because one seems to, to jump out, which is free up. I guess that's one of those. Yeah. So I started selling on Amazon when I was in college. I started off buying and selling textbooks eventually moved on to baby products and home goods, and I became very good at drop shipping. I was running a multi-million dollar business out of my college dorm room, and I didn't diversify the company at all because I only could hire college students, right? It wasn't like I was gonna go out and hire these 35-year-olds who were gonna be working for a 20-year-old, at least not back then. And so so I grew that company. I eventually moved down to Orlando. I, I opened up an office, realized that I liked the remote life a lot better, ended up shutting that down. But along that path of hiring and growing this business, I learned about the remote hiring world, the Upwork, the Fivers of the world. And I started to meet people from different places. And for whatever reason, I built some really great relationships with people in the Philippines. Um, My assistants are are all in the Philippines. And it was just an unbelievable experience. I mean, I had met people from different cultures, but I never actually worked with someone for different cultures. And I became obsessed with it, addicted with it. I I built what I called my virtual assistant army at the time. And I liked it so much, but I also saw the hassle of interviewing and going through that hiring process. And it was starting to take up so much of my time. So I wanted to create a faster way. And that's when I came up with FreeUp, 
a marketplace where we vet freelancers from all over the world. We get hundreds of applicants a week. We vet them not only for their skill, but their attitude and their communication as well. Right. We take the top 1%, we let them in, and then we make them available quickly to clients who need anything from customer service to graphic design to web development to marketing to Amazon, you name it. And that business has been my primary focus for the past three years. And one of the reasons that I love FreeUp more than my Amazon business, which I'm getting out of, yep. is I I get to help people. I get to help clients from all around the world. I get to talk on podcasts and conferences. Uh -huh. I get to help free, freelancers as well. And it also gives me an excuse to travel. When I was in Mexico, I met up with uh, clients of freelancers. When I, I was just in California meeting with people, I went to the Philippines. I just got back from there two weeks ago. and. We threw an event, we had over 100 freelancers there, and we're really making a difference. Last year, we paid out over $3 million to freelancers around the world, and it's become really my passion to help all these different businesses meeting. You never know who's gonna sign up, who's going to apply, and it's just been a, an unbelievable opportunity. I can imagine, it's, a, it's quite a ride, I guess, as well. Because you said, how long have you been doing this, three years? Yeah, so my Amazon business I started in 2008, but FreeUp is three years. Okay. FreeUp, by the way, is F-R-E-E-E -E -E dot U-P, right? Correct. Okay. Um, FreeUp.com. Just making sure we got the URL right. It'll be in the show notes as well. It's okay. um, finding a, a, a VA, a virtual assistant. Um, my personal experience is I've, I've got this wonderful, I found, I found the best one. I mean, you can't, if you, you cannot take her from me because she's mine. Okay. I don't own her, but we are like, like carrots and peas together. Her name is Sheila. Um, and she, she edits these, these podcasts and video casts as well. Uh, I've been working with her for all, close to two years now. Um, but finding one is not easy. I must say, Okay, let, is there any reason why you're not focusing on India and uh, focusing on the Philippines more, more in particular? Is that any? Is that just a coincidence? Yeah, great question. So we're about forty percent U.S., forty percent Philippines, and twenty percent scattered around the world. And it's it's not by design. Uh, we have a very tough vetting process that does take a while, and it's hard to get through. And for whatever reason. Filipinos tend to do better in the interview process. With that said, we have plenty of people from India and other places in the marketplace. We have yeah. close to a thousand freelancers. Um, I, I think that one of the reasons is just their background. They learn English at school at a young age. The culture difference is not as great. Um, we found that their attitude and their communication skills tend to be very similar to, to people in the U.S. And we have clients all over the world, too, so it's not even that. Um, it, it's I've really just built so many relationships with people in the Philippines yeah. um, from my internal team, which is 20 people, to all these people we've hired. And they're, they're constantly telling other people, spreading the word throughout the Philippines. Um, I had my dad call Expedia once and he was talking to them about free up and they knew what free up was. So right. whatever reason it's kind of spread throughout the country. That's uh, that's a good compliment I guess when you get that kind of uh, feedback from a company like Expedia. Um you you wrote to me asking, you know, whether your your story and your background and what you do in life with free up is in is interesting for my uh, for this podcast, the Culture Matters podcast. Um, and you, you recited the story about, you know, having interviewed so many, so many Philippines, Filipinos, that is. And then, uh, it took you time to understand that cultural differences between yourselves, I guess, uh, being North American and the Filipinos. What would you describe as being those cultural differences? And how did you, how did you overcome those? How did you do that? 
Sure. So as you know, hiring is hard, right? And I, I was thrown into it at a young age. I, I hired my first employee before I was 21. So I was learning from scratch, making good decisions, bad decisions. And it took me a while to, to really understand how to have a good hiring process and how to build a good culture. Yeah. And that's just in America. And then when I learned about the online hiring world, it, it was so different. I thought I had figured out what works and what didn't work. I was a very direct manager, very, very hard to the point, but high expectations. I kind of go in full steam ahead, like let's yeah. get this done, boom, boom, boom. And when I started hiring VAs, I just I had some great experiences up front, and then I started to have these bad experiences over and over and over again with people disappearing, people, I guess, taking my messages as personal attacks on them, uh -huh. which wasn't at all my intention. And so this girl Cheeks, who, who like your assistant, you can't have her, she's been working with me for <laughs> years now. Um, she, I finally just talked to her and I was like, why do people keep leaving? Why I, I've created this great opportunity, I'm paying them well, they're getting a lot of hours. I, I On my end, I think I'm doing everything right, I think I'm being nice. And and she really gave me brutally honest feedback. She, was, she said, hey, Nate, people from the Philippines as a whole tend to be more emotional. They tend to, to take things personally. They tend to want to build a friendship before before that business. Um, and I really took those things to heart. And I really had to watch everything that I did from when I just fired off an email real quick to try to try to adjust it and add in some extra fluff to let them know that um, I actually do care to just hearing people out a little bit more, understanding where they were coming from, because right. it's a very family-oriented environment. Yeah. When I was in the Philippines, uh, my assistant Cheeks, who, who does very well in terms of um, compared to other people in the Philippines, she makes a good amount of money. She's been working for a while, but she still lives with a 25-person family, and yeah. that's by choice, and yes. that's the standard. So it's stuff like that that you don't necessarily think about when you're talking to someone, when you're right. being direct, when you're giving them bad feedback or, or telling them to improve or or not understanding when their power goes out for a few hours and there's absolutely nothing that they can do about it. Um, and, and there was that adjustment period. And, and now it's kind of the point where, yes, I can have those high expectations, but I also have to understand to see their side and to put things in words that they can comprehend and get on the same page. Yeah. There's so much of what you're saying is that like, okay, well, I could, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. All these kind of things makes, they're, you're, you're telling me, or you're telling us exactly the things that I that I'm experiencing as well. Typically, this directness, you know, this this. Uh, if if you would ask your your Filipino um, assistant or colleague or you know, because you you or friend even, you know, what do you think of this? How can you get this? How can you get a, as a direct answer back as possible? How do you do that? So I what I've started to do is I set the expectations up front. I'll tell people. I'll be like, hey. Like, I'm a direct person. Don't mm -hmm. take it personally. I, I want you to succeed. I'm on your side. I'm rooting for you. Yeah. And But at the same time, I'm a business owner. I have a lot of things going on. And I, right. I try to explain my side of it. Hey, if I fire off a short message, I'm not mad at you. I just I need a fast answer so that I can continue on with my day because things are piling up and, and it gets a little crazy. Right. And once they understand where I'm coming from and that I actually care about them and that they can trust me and I have their best interest at heart, then you start building a really great relationship where people don't get offended, where people do provide their service in a way that meets your expectations. And it, it's also advice that I give to clients all the time. Uh -huh. I was just talking to a client this morning who 
seemed a little frustrated. And it was definitely his first time dealing with the VA in the Philippines. Uh -huh. I think the time is different. Um, was a little bit of a factor. I think some of the communication was a little bit of a factor, which we take communication very seriously. And my advice to him was just set up a meeting and talk to him. Give him three. Give him the three things that you're concerned about. Hey, why is this happening? What's going on here? Give him a chance to explain himself. Give him a chance to address it. And 99% of the time, when you have those conversations with people, and this is not just the Philippines. This is anywhere in the world. Yeah, true. You'll you'll get. You'll get that comprehension of where each of you stand, and you'll have a better working relationship going forward. It's it's your explain us a little bit how your how your working process works because I go to freeup.com again with with triple E. Um, how, what do I do? I sign up and then what? Where where are you in the picture and when do you step out of the picture? Because I don't need to do business with you. I want a VA. How does that work? Yeah, so I can be as involved and not involved as you want me to be. Same thing goes for my team. So you create a free account. There's no monthly fee. There's no minimum. There's no obligation. You can end the agreement at any time. It's in our best interest to get you freelancers that you actually like. Mm -hmm. Once you have an account, anytime you need a worker, you put in a worker request. It's about eight questions so we know exactly what you want. U.S., non-U.S., how many hours a week, what skill do you need, as much information as you can give us. Once you submit the request, you sit back and relax. You don't have to browse. You don't have to spend time. We go through our marketplace. We see who's available, who's a good match, and we introduce you to one to three options within one business day, usually faster. We have clients who start with workers within hours or minutes. Okay. From there, you'll get an introduction. You can meet with the freelancer, interview them if you want to, and if you like them, you click hire, and you're good to get started, and the work is between you and the freelancer. And if for whatever reason it's not a fit, you click pass, you provide us a little feedback, and we take that feedback and get you a better fit. Okay. So after that, it's between you and the freelancer, and my team is there to support you if you need anything. Okay. Um, and and then, okay, so I I need a an app developer. Okay, so I go online, I sign up, etc. Uh, these are my requirements. I, I click submit, and within a day, or I'm not that that rushed, so in two days, it's just fine by me as well. You know, you mm -hmm. give me like three proposals, three suggestions, these three people. I pick one, and then I get started with this person. What are, in general, I mean, I know it's a general question, what in general, what are the stumbling block blocks that say a North American or a Western European like myself bumps into in establishing this first contact and then moving on. Sure. So, and I teach a lot of this. If you check out the free up blog or the free up YouTube channel, it's all about the hiring process. And yeah. when you're interviewing someone and we spend a lot of time vetting these people. So a lot of time you're not necessarily vetting them for their skill or you're not interviewing them for their skill. Mm -hmm. You want to find out, are they the perfect person for me? Because even the best virtual assistants in the world are not the best fit for every single client exactly. in the world. Yeah. So, so that's what your interview should be focused on. And once you have a good interview, you think this guy's a fit and you click hire, that's when it really begins. You're about to make an investment into this person, mm -hmm. not only your money, but your time and your energy as well. So you want to really make sure that you make a good investment. And that investment starts by setting the expectations like we talked about before. Getting on the same page. Hey, this is when you work. This is when I work. Don't bother me after 5 p.m. Here are three other people in the company that you can go to if you have X, Y, Z questions. I prefer Skype. I prefer Slack. Hey, I like it when you send me a daily report at the end of every day or I like it at the end of every week. Whatever whatever those expectations are that for you to have a good working relationship because these virtual assistants have worked with 
who knows how many clients from all over the world yeah. that have different expectations, have a different sense of what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. So it's important that you get on the same page. So spending that extra 20 minutes at the beginning will save you so much time and energy down the line. You want to make it as black and white as possible. Okay. And then from there, the work really becomes a test as you build trust. As you're, That's what your goal is. Mm-hmm. If you have this huge project, let's say it's a website, don't just say, here's the website, come back to me in three months. Give them right. a page to do. Have them do a page, give them feedback. Make sure that there's someone that can take your feedback and adjust it and not take it personally and, and build that relationship over time. And and I always tell people, I didn't just wake up one day and hire 20 people. I hired someone and I built trust and I increased their hours and then I hired another person and I built that trust and you sure. learn so much along the way just by going through that process and you also protect yourself. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, so um, this is what this is. This is how do you say mentioning or or explaining your expectations of. And let's. I mean, it's, it's pretty. Um, well, I guess universal. This is a Western European or a North American client looking for a VA in the Philippines, right? So as as a pointing case. Um, so this is what I would do to prep my VA. What can I do? I mean, what can what can our side do? The hiring side can do in turn in order to adapt to the Philippine side. I mean, it's a two way street, isn't it? I cannot tell you just you know I, this is what I expect from you and you and you and you and you and you. It's it's a two way street if trust is involved for sure. Sure. So keep in mind that people all over the world have a different way of learning. They have a different way of get, gathering information and making it stick. And even in the U.S., everyone is different. And never mind all these cultures all over the world. Uh-huh. So a, a great thing to do is to ask them for feedback on you. How can I improve as a manager? What ideas can you bring to the table that will help me and help my business? Some of the best ideas that have made me the most money or saved me the most money have come from other people. And a lot of these people are not in the US. And that's because they have so much experience. They've worked with so many different clients. They've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. And I want to take that knowledge and not make them a robot that just does what I say when I say it. I want them to bring something to the table and help me continue to improve during my entrepreneurial journey. How how much? Okay, so that's that's fair enough. And and for me, I'm I'm gonna be devil's advocate here. That sounds nice and good on paper, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I give you feedback, you give me feedback, and then I learn from you, and you learn from me. My experience is is that typically um, Indian, uh, Filipino, Asian cultures, in other words, in a broader perspective, collectivistic cultures tend to be more. Uh, reserved when it comes to giving feedback in terms of a direct communicator like yourself and like myself. So how do you, how do you get them to say, you should do this differently, Chris or, or Nate? You should, you know, this is, I should do it like this. That is a, that's a long stretch. Agreed. And it all starts with those initial people. If you can get those initial hires, create that culture where feedback is not only encouraged, but it's mandatory and really pull it out of them the rest will follow. And so I've got these core people I've been working with for years. And as I add more and more people to the, to the team and even the free up community, the network, they, they follow suit. And those people behind the scenes will, will talk to them and be like, Hey, you have to be more open. Hey, it's okay to share your ideas. No one's going to yell at you. Even if it's a bad idea that we don't implement, we just want you to keep sharing more and more and more. And you you create that community. What sometimes happens is someone finally gathers up the courage to share a feedback and you shoot it down right away, 
they're not going to come back with more. It's very yeah. hard to get them to do it again. So you really have to create that culture. And when they give feedback, if you can't implement it right away, if it, it might be a long-term thing, it might cost too much money, whatever the reason is, mm -hmm. explain it to them, make them understand it, but don't discourage them right from the beginning because that early part of the relationship is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I, the two, to you, I could say, well, that's a stupid idea. But to, to my, my initial virtual assistant telling him or her, like, that's a stupid idea is going to shut them up for, up forever, I guess. Exactly. And, and it, a lot of times it works out that way and, and you see that performance start to dip and then you got to take a step back and reset expectations and get back yeah. on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You mentioned about the split in your market, 40% uh, US, 40% Philippines, and 20% the rest of the world. Do you see any other, other than the Philippines and the United States, any developing markets there? Yeah, I mean, there, there's plenty of non-third world countries that have incredibly talented people, whether it's Canada, whether it's UK. Um, obviously, you've got, um, I mean, we've got freelancers from everywhere. I mean, there might be product sourcers in China. I mean, we have translators from all over. Um, Mexico is and Puerto Rico is becoming uh, another place to, to outsource and to get, um, I guess, a cheaper labor on the side. But it, it's really something that we want to be everywhere. Hashtag be everywhere. And, and so we're trying to get the most talented freelancer regardless where they're from. Okay, that makes sense. So if if a freelancer is listening um, and or somebody thinks, well, hey, I, this could be interesting for me, what could they do? Yeah, so if you go to freeup.com, click apply to become a freelancer, and it's a very straightforward process. Submit an application, wait for my freelancer success team to reach out to you um, and schedule a one-on-one -on -one interview, and they'll take it from there. Okay, sounds sounds good. Um, last question. I actually did this the other way around. Usually the this question is my one but last question. Um, if from your own experience, having done this and having traveled uh, enough with an international background, being uh, having German and Italian parents, what could you give us in terms of three tips to become more culturally um, competent? Try new things. Get out of your, culture, get out of your comfort zone. Okay. Um, it, you get, once you push yourself to do that a little bit, um, you'll have a much better experience. I have one client of mine who's crazy. Every, he's scared of heights. He's scared of a bunch of different things. But every year he forces himself to do one thing that just terrifies him. So this year he jumped out of a plane. I think the year before he went bungee jumping. But you don't have to be that crazy. But when you go into a new culture, you go into a new environment, try new things, be open to it, learn from the people around you. Second is ask questions, gain knowledge. Mm -hmm. Information is power. Um, and that almost relates into my third thing. Stay up to date on the news because I'm interacting with so many people in the Philippines. I want to know, hey, they elected this person president. I want to know, hey, there's a huge storm coming so I can be aware of it. When you're when you're working with different people, when you're traveling different places, be aware of everything going on around, not just in the city you're in, but in the entire country. Yeah, makes good sense. All right, try new things. Getting out of your comfort zone. You know, when you mention like jumping out of a plane, I already get sweaty. Hand palms. It's not. That's definitely not I'm for me. I'm scared of heights too. I don't think I'd ever do that. No. <laughs> but I'll try some street food. I mean, that's that is that will be stepping out of my comfort zone. Uh, asking questions. I very much agree with that. That's something that I've been doing for uh, almost forever, as long as I can remember. And following the news as well. Indeed, these kind of talks with people about not only business makes good yep. sense as well because it, it does add and, and build that relationship uh, that you're not only there for the money or the or the things or the stuff you know just to make it personal um, at least you know follow some of their world excellent um, Nathan thank you so much for uh, coming on the show 
Uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure and getting your uh, your perspective on how to work and how you deal in a very optimistic way with uh, with freelancers, typically from the Philippines, as that is a common thing that we share. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I look forward to connecting with you too. Cheers. Nathan, thank you so much again. All right. If you want to see what we talked about, then you can go to culturematters.com slash YouTube. And of course, subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, why don't you leave a review in iTunes? Um, what else can I say? Do remember that Culture Matters, then that this, this episode was edited by Janice, Sheila, my personal virtual assistant in the Philippines. The music was by Ben Sound. My name is Chris Smith, and this was the Culture Matters Podcast. I'll be back in two weeks' time. Talk to you then. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.